Hi everyone and welcome to Training for Life Redeemed. I'm in here with my father David Jackson. I'm Dan. We are continuing to look through the Psalms. Dad, you're going to read us Psalm 54. Psalm 54. For the director was stringed instruments, a mascal of David, when the Ziphites came and said to Saul, Isn't David hiding among us? God, in your name, save me, and with your power issue judgment for me. God, hear my prayer, and please give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers rise up against me, and those who strike terror seek my life. They don't set God before them. Salah. Behold, God is a helper to me, my Lord with those supporting my life. Return the damage to my enemies. In your reliability, annihilate them. With a voluntary gift, I'll sacrifice to you. I'll praise your name, Yahweh, for it's good. For from every distress, he delivers me, and my eye sees my deliverance among my enemies. Well, Dad, the psalm begins by setting the scene for us. Yep. So we're looking at a time, basically, when... Saul is hunting David. We talked last week about how Psalm 53 was a hinge point yep. in this book, shifting from the calls to people to now specifically looking at yeah. know, Saul and David stuff uh, for the next few Psalms at least. So here we have David running away from Saul. He's hiding amongst um, someone. <laughs> he's in Judah. In Judah. So he's in, in, in his own tribal area. Yeah. Yeah. And they going to tell Saul that he's there hiding for him to come and try and hunt him. Yeah, so David's, uh, we've gone through that period. We're in the area of 1 Samuel 19 to, oh, where did we get up to? About 29. Um, that that period when David's got to run away from Saul and hide and he's in the bush and gradually a whole bunch of ragtag dropout men uh, come and join him, men who would otherwise probably be bandits or gang members or something. They all end up coming with David. David uses that time to protect the farms of the people of Judah, of his tribe, from the raiders that are coming in, either from Edom in the east or from the Philistines in the west. So he and his little mob of two or 300 fellas uh, will turn up um, and ambush anybody raiding your farm and you can give him a few sheep and off he goes. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of a, a, a bit of a, you know, how do you use your time wisely <laughs> when you're stuck out in the bush and everybody wants to kill you? But here he's in this, you know, we talked about the atheist, uh, people who have no higher authority over them than themselves. And here's our first example, his own tribe and tribal members want to betray him to the king. So they're more afraid of Saul than they are of God. This is God's man. Um, and so where does that leave him? Uh, and he says, uh, you know, I'm alone. Uh, these people who don't set God before them, uh, I can't trust them. And so here I am, I'm all alone, I'm in the bush, everybody hates me, no, I can't trust anybody, what do I do with this? Um, and so I ask the question, why is this in the Bible? And the short answer is, well, this is, this is what people who belong to God's kingdom can expect from the world. Um, and so we think of Jesus in Galilee. Uh, constantly um, 
there's people there who will tip off the people in Jerusalem as to where he is. So you see Jesus jump in a boat and get out of town. Mm. <laughs> um, he's safer. It was fascinating. I did a little search. He was safer in Egypt, safer with the Phoenicians in Tyre and Sidon. <laughs> he was safer with, you know, the Gadarene demoniac than he was um, anywhere in Jewish territory. So it's his own people uh, who would betray him and kill him. Nazareth, they're trying to throw him off a cliff. Um, then you, Jesus turns around and says, okay, if you want to follow me, expect the same treatment. Mm. So your own family, uh, your own clan, tribe, uh, your mates from school, these are the people who, you know, some of them, there is no God and they'll... Not, there's no loyalty there. Yeah. Mm. Well, now the first section here then is David calling on God. Yep. Uh, to come and save him with his power, all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, starts off with this phrase, God in your name, which is said quite frequently these days. Yeah. Where people say things in God, in the name of Jesus or in, the, yeah. in God's name or whatever. Uh, and then they, I know they're trying to do something that requires the Holy Spirit and power or something that requires, you know, a yeah. relationship with God or something. Uh, so can you just explain what does it mean to be in God's name? Yeah, David is God's chosen anointed king. He knows that. He has been given. Uh, the Holy Spirit has come on him to empower him to get him through all of this crisis. So he knows it doesn't depend on him. He is in God. He's in God's kingdom. Um, when that phrase throughout the Bible, um, we need to look at more seriously. You take the name, you, you come into having the name of being a Christian, of being a member of God's forever family mm. at your baptism. So this is the point where you commit. This is the covenant ceremony. Um, this is like the wedding between the person who's been converted and God. Uh, it's, it's the, like, the metaphor is of a wedding. Um, so at, from that moment on, you bear the name of Christ. If you do something, it, it uh, reflects on his reputation and character. Just like traditionally a wife would take on her, her husband's, husband's name. name. Yeah. yeah, and if you adopt a child, the child takes your surname. Yeah. So it's, it's this family concept. And so God is saying, David is saying, I'm in your name. I'm in your family. I bear your name. Save me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, hey, Dad, help. It's, it's exactly that sort of a scenario. Um, what I think is that's been absorbed or, or remapped into effectively animism in a lot of the ways people who call themselves Christians use the phrase. To explain animism, what's animism? animism. Um, magic. Yeah. So if you if you watch some church traditions, um, they will throw water at you and say, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the magic water is going to do the magic job. Um, I've heard some people go around and, uh, you know, uh, I, you've got cancer. I rebuke it in your name. And you think, well, there's the show, you know, there's... Um, uh, what's his name in Lord of the Rings? 
who's the big wizard? Which, uh, Gandalf. Gandalf. There's Gandalf with his big stick going, in your name, touch, bang, you're healed. You know, it, we, we can use the phrase as if it was a magic mantra. Yeah. Um, but what David is doing is saying, I have been saved by grace. I am in your family. I bear your name. Um, and therefore, from that position, I am speaking to you. Otherwise, I'd be your enemy and I couldn't. Yeah. And it's almost like, like in the olden days when they used to marry, you know, the king's daughter would marry the other person's son. To the, the, our two nations were then united by yeah. name. Uh, and then they would say, you know, you'd call out to the bigger country and say, we're being attacked. Come yeah. and save us because that's as- we're, we're kinsmen. Yeah, right, we're with, kinsmen, we're yeah. family. And so it's kind of what David's doing here. He's yeah. going, I'm the anointed one. <laughs> you anointed me. Yeah. I'm in your family. I'm following you. Come yeah, and- this, is, this is the covenant <laughs> deal. The great king, the lesser king. Yeah. You know, I get into trouble. Your army comes to rescue. So in verse four, behold, God is a helper to me. And that word helper is the word for ally. Uh, God is my ally. So if you betray me, are you prepared to take God on? Hmm. That's what he's saying. Um, if you're going to attack God's anointed, if you're going to attack God's people, uh, there are some great lines in the Bible. He who touches you touches the apple of my eye, says God. I never understood what an apple in your eye meant, but um, <laughs> when I look up the Hebrew, <laughs> it's the pupil of your <laughs> eye. You know, So you don't go around sticking your finger in a lion's eye or a dog's eye. Um <laughs> You want to try God? <laughs> You're an idiot. Um, so uh, I'm in your name, and these people who don't recognize God and want to do their own thing don't realize that they are provoking the one who has committed himself mm. to be my ally, and he's going to march to my rescue, which means you're in a lot of trouble. And is that the same word that's used when God originally makes Eve too, that she's his uh, ally? Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Your ally is your wife. <laughs> and let me tell you, that's a scary thought. <laughs> because, yeah, and, and we've got to realise that. Uh, the word helper is used, I think, 110 times in the Old Testament. Um, it's the word Ezer from Ebenezer, rock of my help. Mm. Um, and 88 times out of the 110, God is the helper. You know, a couple of times... The woman is Adam's helper. Um, he's created a helper for us. I, I love it because it means, okay, God created me as a bloke and he created me with things I can't do. Hmm. He created, yeah. Me to need her. <laughs> we need her, yeah. And she's not the slave in the kitchen, pregnant, barefoot, washing the floor on her knees. That's not what a helper is. A helper is when I get stuck, she unstucks me. Uh, when I'm an idiot, she's got the wisdom. Um, and when you put those two things together, God is my helper. Um, he's stepping in as my ally. Uh, we have a psychology in Australia where we're always dependent on Britain or America to come and rescue us. Um, which is a bit sad, <laughs> given the number of wars they've lost. Um, <laughs> and started. <laughs> and started. So you look at this and you go, God is my helper, and he is going to bring down on his enemies 
complete destruction. Uh, and because we honour him as our helper, we're going, bring it on. Yeah. And so the second half of this psalm might be hard for some Christians to sing, but he is going. To, he says, "I'll bring a voluntary gift and sacrifice to you." What he's talking about is when you have destroyed my enemies, hmm. we're going to have a party, and I'm going to bring you know, tribute. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring the feast, and God and God's king and God's family are going to sit at table, going, "All our enemies are dead." It's Pass so, the wine. It's know? so ancient warfare, isn't it? Like, there's, a, I need help. The larger army comes down, they rescue me, and while they're there, just after they've rescued me, we chuck a party for them. That's right. <laughs> it's time they saved us, and then they go back. <laughs> yeah, and, and you've got to, we've got to change the way we think about the temple um, and the tabernacle. When you go through the sacrificial feasts, the first one is covers your guilt and you burn the whole animal. Um, but the next ones are all about bringing food yeah. and having a party, and some of it's with the priest, but the final one is the peace offering or the fellowship offering where everybody sits together with God in his temple and just celebrates what he's doing. And God even says at one point, you know, the three big feasts in the year, um, you know, bring whatever you like, bring your wine, bring your beer. He actually mentions wine and beer. Bring all your food, come down here to Jerusalem and let's put on a party. Um, and so I think of, you know, you, you go out to battle um, and if you're a, one of God's family, you sit on the hill with your little flag, <laughs> you know, or your, your walking stick and you go, I'm, a, I'm pointing to God. Yeah. And then you watch your enemies hack each other to bits and then you all go home and crack a keg. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's that sort of a scene. And David in the middle of the wilderness with nobody out there except a few blokes that are hanging with him and they're all betraying him and he's he's looking forward to the party hmm. because you don't believe God's there. Yeah? I'm going to sit back and watch what happens to you when you don't believe God's there and you think you can have a go at me. Yeah. And at the end of the book of 1 Samuel, you'll see that God keeps his promises. Well, now that's the end of this psalm. It's a nice short psalm today. Hmm. Thanks for your wisdom. <laughs> if you would like to come and grab the study notes for this psalm, you can head over to trainingforliferedeem.com slash 110. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do that today as well. We look forward to giving you another episode next week when we look at Psalm 55. 55. See you then.